Greetings, my name's Adam Draycott. Uh, welcome to Inverell Anglican Church Online. Uh, today's message is for the 27th of December uh, 2020. We are spending time in Luke chapter 2 and Sophie and Thomas are going to read that for us now. Please have your Bibles open so that you can follow along. This reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had, been, he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and prayed, saying, oh, praise God, saying, Sovereign Lord, you have promised, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which have been prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child brought the child's father and mother marvelled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee on their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Thanks, Sophie. And Thomas, let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we thank you that we can spend time in your word. We ask for your help. Please grow us in Christ Jesus, we ask in his precious name. Amen. Well, the time of waiting is over. Waiting for Christmas presents, opening up our gifts, pulling the wrapping off, uh, our children are good rippers. Uh, there's no slow tearing and opening stuff in our house. And it's great, isn't it, when we get a great gift, you beauty, you treasure it, uh, you use it, you enjoy it. A good gift is greatly valued and cherished. And there is a joy also for the giver. Uh, but we also know the tragedy of an ordinary gift, uh, a not so good gift. Yeah, you know the ones, the, the awkward moment of surprise. What do I say here? And 
they find their way into the back of a cupboard somewhere, too polite to throw away, yet hidden, never to reappear. We've all had that Christmas gift, I think. My fail this year, uh, we bought, Tanya wanted a lime tree, so we got her a lime tree, and it was uh, a kaffir lime tree, not one of those other lime trees that actually produce juice, so we'll have to deal with that later. Uh, but other gifts simply end up in the bin, don't they? In Luke's passage, we heard from Luke chapter 2, we met Simeon in verse 25. We met Anna in verse 36. Both are waiting for a gift from God. And the gift we know comes into the world as a child. Both are shown to be devoted to God, both people. Both love God, both are committed to Him. They're devout. And they would have understood the great hope God's people in the Old Testament had of a Saviour, a Messiah, the Lord's Christ. Someone that would come and reverse their experiences of life without God. Remember, God hasn't spoken for 400 years up until this point. So they're waiting for someone that's going to reverse that experience of life without God, a life of war and turmoil and pain, and suffering, and silence. Uh, they're waiting uh, instead for hope, and peace, and restoration. For Simeon, in verse 26, he's an old bloke, and it's been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ, which is a big promise. Uh, maybe Isaiah's prophecy, 800 years before, Christ's coming is bouncing around in his head at this time. Verse 27, have a look at that. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, verse 28, Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God. Verse 29, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. Simon's been waiting. And now he can die happy. Why can Simeon die happy? Because all of his Christmases have come. Look at verse 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So this kid's going to be a hero. He is God's promised saviour, come into the world to rescue humanity from the darkness of war, and brokenness, and hopelessness, and basically life without God. Anna, verse 38, all of her Christmases have come as well. Verse 38, coming up to them, the child and the parents, at that very moment, she knew she gave thanks to God, and then she goes off to evangelize, telling all who would listen, come and see, the Savior is here. Jesus is good news. This baby Jesus is the best gift ever. The waiting is over. So we see Simeon wait and wait and wait. We see Anna wait and wait. After all that waiting for this child, they get Jesus right. And see their responses. They look at Jesus they talk about Jesus like Jesus is the best thing ever. They thank God for this child, 
praising God, worshipping God, and telling others, speaking. So Jesus is the good news. He is the best gift ever. And Simeon could see it, and Anna could see it. But can the world see it? Do our friends in our local towns, do they see it? Can you see it? See, how does humanity respond to God's gift? Was it a good gift received the way Simeon and Anna received him? Or was the gift returned and shoved away in a cupboard never to be seen again? The Gospels tell us mankind reject Jesus. The hands of this baby did not hold a king's scepter or a crown. Instead, his hands would be stapled to a Roman cross with hammer and nail. This baby, this beautiful gift to the world, much later on in life, would be executed. And so Simeon is right again in verse 34 to the parents. Can you see it? He says, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Imagine being told that. Great kid. This kid will be a hero. God's own salvation. But man, is this kid going to bring trouble and upheaval and you parents... Mum and Dad, you're going to taste that as well. Jesus was a sign spoke against with such hostility that reached its climax on the cross. And not much has changed since. Overall, the world continues to reject the gift of Jesus. And in turn, they reject God. I even had someone wish me a Merry Chrysler on Christmas Day. And as the world continues to reject Jesus and the truth of his word, and as the world continues to reject God, there is another time of waiting that, that is over. It's the time of people's hearts being revealed and opened up. That's verse 35. There is another time of waiting that is over. It's a time of people's hearts being revealed and opened up as they respond to God's gift. And how are their hearts opened up? It means here that they are exposed, that their hearts are exposed because they don't want the gift. Can you imagine God sending the gift of his son into the world only for the world to reject him? Sorry, God, I don't want your gift. I reject it. It's to stand at the Christmas tree and to be offered all these things yet say, no, thank you. I mean, think about it. The gift of Jesus come as light into the world is to say, no, no, oh, I prefer the darkness. No, thanks. The gift of Jesus teaching us about love and good relationships and forgiveness is to stand at the tree and say, oh, no, no, thanks. I'll find my own way of dealing with brokenness and conflict. It's the gift of power to show his authority over life and death through his death and resurrection. Victory over death. Can you imagine someone saying, no, no thanks, no, I'll be right. 
It's the gift of breaking down the barrier of sin, offering his holiness a right standing with God. But no, no, I'm okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be good. I'll be good enough, won't I? It's the gift of a relationship with the creator of the universe. Who would say no to that? The gift of God's anger turned aside. Oh, oh well, God doesn't get angry, does he? The gift of the Holy Spirit, the great helper. No, no, I don't need help. The gift of justice and peace. No. The gift of purpose and meaning in life. No, no, I've got that. No, thank you. The promise of heaven and eternal life. No, I'll, I'll take my chances some other way. I mean, it's all, uh, all a good offer, but it's to say no. Who says no to that? Can you imagine casting aside such gifts? Imagine casting aside any one of those gifts. Any one of them. Why would you? Any one of them would be dead set awesome, wouldn't it? Forgiveness, new life, the Holy Spirit, God dwelling in my heart, the new creation, justice, a clean slate with God, a perfect record, all made possible through the child Jesus, the best gift ever. See, Jesus offers us all of those things as his free, undeserved gift of grace. Yet the world is too proud to trust Jesus with any of it. And so our hearts are exposed. Thanks, but no thanks. Friends, the waiting is over. Jesus is the gift that trumps all others. And how we respond to him reveals what our hearts are made of. It's either hard-hearted arrogance and pride, where you think you don't need God, don't need his gift. You can't get any more arrogant than that. Or a softness of humility and peace and love. Yeah, Jesus changes everything. Jesus is the best gift ever. I want that good stuff God offers through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is not the kind of gift you can take back to Target or Big W and line up for hours because you don't need him. Jesus is not the kind of gift you can ignore or hide away in the cupboard or cast away into the waste bin. In fact, it's very costly to ignore God's gift. The time is waiting. The time of waiting is over. Jesus is the best gift in the world. It's time to accept Jesus and embrace him and to trust him. And so may we accept the best gift offered this Christmas. May we remember it and cherish it. May we continue to unwrap this wonderful message of salvation and take hold of this gift from God. May Jesus take first place in our hearts. May the gift of Jesus this Christmas, the knowledge of his grace, may that continue to be life-changing for all of us. And may we respond not unlike Anna and Simeon. May we get the identity of the true Jesus right. May we give thanks to God and praise God for his gift of grace. And may we seek to tell others about him. May the gift of Jesus be life-changing for each one of us today and tomorrow and every other day. Because let me say it again, Jesus really is the best gift ever.
Joy.